0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. You are listening to Truth Time with Pastor Monty. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I do have
1: have a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career.
0: You want answers? You can't handle the truth! The problem is having the right worldview and acting upon it, the worldview that gives men and women the truth of what is. Welcome to Truth Time with Pastor Monty, a show about God's truth in today's society from a multi-generational pastoral perspective. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty Broadcast is a part of Aletheia Bible Fellowship's project, Vigilance, a web portal that provides internet Christians out there with helpful content and insights. We're produced by ABF's Vigilance Radio Network. If you're interested in this ministry or our other shows, you can check us out at abfpdx.org, where you can access more resources, donate, and learn more about us. At the top of the show today, let's remember to help us spread this content by liking, sharing, and subscribing to this episode. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and join our Facebook group where you can stay up to date on this and all our programming. You can find it at vrn.abf on Facebook. Now that all that's said, I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this is Pastor Monty.
1: Welcome to Truth Time. This is Pastor Monty, and we are going to... Uh, spend some time today talking about 1st uh, uh, Corinthians, uh, first, right, First Thessalonians. You did that earlier, Th- too. Yeah, I know, it's the second time I've done it. Uh, first Thessalonians and finishing up the Thessalonians from uh, the first letter. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about um, relationship and continue our discussion. So let's uh, start out with um, the Christ factor. So we are in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and we kind of let off uh, at, uh, at verse 11 um, where we were uh, just talking about the, what, what, what the Apostle Paul is doing is he's bringing um, closing salutations as it were. He's uh, giving some things for the church at Thessalonica in this first letter uh, to consider. And uh, I'm going to try to um, read uh, what we're going to pick up at. Um, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I ordered a large print Bible. Is it Bible, still not here? And yes, and so there must be lots of people that are ordering large print Bibles <laughs> because, you know, I don't know. There may, there's a whole generation of old folks out there that need large print, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's back ordered a month. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess so. We'll just have to uh, we'll have to struggle with this, or I'll have to buy a magnifying glass. Or you could, do. you have a tablet? I do. You could you know put yeah. it on. Oh no, I don't have a tablet. I have my cell phone. Oh okay. Yeah okay, um, okay. So we are at uh, uh, verse some um, twelve. So he says, now we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor amongst you, and uh, are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly and love uh, their work uh, for the Lord's sake and be at peace amongst yourselves. So that's where we ended last week, talking about uh, understanding the position that uh, those who are working amongst you and over you, that they are in, and the difficulty that uh, can be there for them. Uh, Now verse 14, Now, We exhort you, brethren, warn those who are uh, unruly, comfort the uh, faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, and see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. So, um, you know, these are these are general warnings. These uh, the Apostle Paul is exhorting the church first of all that they warn those who are unruly. So um, there's no there's no place <laughs> there's there's no place in the church for rabble rousers.
0: Um, people I think you to, yeah you ought to define that for this oh
1: yeah generation. that's what that's what them old folks terms huh? yeah um, people that uh, people that cause trouble for the sake of causing trouble so and now remember you know when you when in the body of Christ you have people who have different makeups and personalities in and, and when 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 somebody comes into the body they they don't just flip a light switch,
0: and all of a sudden, they're perfect little disciples of Christ. Not often. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes God, you know, does that in people. Yeah, sometimes there's a miracle.
1: But yeah. but, but generally speaking, it's a, it's a long, drawn-out process. Right. Particularly if you come to the Lord uh, as somebody who is older. Yeah. If you're younger and you grow up in the church, that's one thing. But if you come into the church and you're beyond your teens... So you've gone through your teenage years, and now you're a young adult, and or or middle wise. You probably got some baggage.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to derail the conversation here, but I was just thinking about uh, Robbie Zacharias this morning.
1: Oh, that's so sad. Yeah.
0: Have you, like, have you heard his testimony?
1: I. I like Ravi Zacharias and I've read some of his stuff and I have but I haven't heard his testimony specifically.
0: His testimony was basically that he was just the worst person ever and he was the worst person ever and then he he also came to the idea that life was meaningless and so he lived a certain type of life up until, you know, his late teens and then he decided to commit suicide. Oh. And wow. it didn't quite work and while he was in the hospital for his, you know, sincere commitment to kill himself right then he found god oh right yeah so but now he's his life has ended you know it ended tragically with cancer and then on top of this all of these findings are coming out and that have you know been confirmed and it just makes me like when i think about what you're saying like we come with baggage, even even when God like transforms things, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was really hard for him to get rid of his, of his lascivious ways before.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and which um, doesn't make it an excuse. No, it's not an excuse, but but it's something that that many people have to work for. Because remember, you know, we spent what did we spend? We spent about a year or so discussing what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Yeah. And at the, at the very beginning of the, that process, there has to be a recognition that the self is dead and you've died to the old self. But it's not just that you've died to the old self. Now you're going to begin the process of living for God and becoming what you are supposed to be. Right. And there is that that sanctification process that takes time. And for some people, uh, they literally struggle, as you said, with uh, with the difficulties that were there. Uh, and the Apostle Paul refers to that briefly in uh,
0: seven and eight of the Book of Romans. He talks. Well, I about think we're struggle. gonna. I think specifically sexual difficulties, as w- we haven't yet seen the the porn generation. Essentially, right? We haven't yet seen that play itself out into like old age. You know. And I'm really interested to see what that looks like in the future, um, in terms of these men who who so easily can live a double life. And it's not that they're insincere about their faith; it's that there's an area of their life that they haven't repented of. Um, and 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 I'll I'll throw out there like repentance is a is a daily task sometimes.
1: Sometimes, and and uh, you know, I can. Probably name off, and you can do a number of individuals uh, who were in prominent positions yep. that have been down because of uh, sexual issues and sexual yeah. sin. And and to be fair, um, at least my experience has been, uh, you know, having. See, I accepted the Lord when I was twelve, so I've grown up in them sixty-five. So you know, for the last fifty years or so, you know, I've my experience in the church has been. That the church has been reluctant to really give a solid biblical understanding of the issue of sexuality.
0: Yeah, it certainly doesn't teach a pro-sexual ethic. It's it's anti-sexual.
1: Right, and so that's that's definitely a difficulty that is out there. And you know, maybe as a topic matter, someday you know we might touch on that here. But but um, so what? So it says you know warn yeah, those okay warn those that are unruly, and the idea behind unruly is that uh, you're causing trouble. Not only are you you're not only causing trouble, but you're being you're um you you have an issue with authority.
0: Hmm.
1: And so there's the idea that you know somebody who's unruly is somebody who challenges. The norm challenges authority and is vocal and causes problems
0: in the process. What version of the Bible are you reading? Well, this is a New King James. A New King James. So I'm looking at an NLT version, which is a thought for thought translation. Okay, yeah. And it has it down as lazy. Let's take a look at uh, an NASB, which is a word for word. Let's see if I can. Well,
1: uh, okay. Yeah, no, we can do that because I... Don't see how
0: unruly translates to lazy. I I mean, I have some thoughts on how it could. Um, Let's see. What verse is that again? I lost track of Uh, it. Verse
1: 14.
0: Okay. And this is chapter 5. There's chapter 11, 12. Yeah. So the word here is unruly. I wonder what... I wonder... Let's see. I don't have a Bible web app up in front of me or a Blue Letter Bible. Um, yeah, we should probably look more into the, into that word. I don't know if you have the Greek in front of you. I
1: don't. I don't have the Greek in front of me. There's a a letter notation here, and I'm trying to. <laughs> but we go back to the issue that my eyes just don't
0: want. My eyes are unruly, and they don't want to cooperate. Well, okay. so I'll give you my thoughts on why it could be okay. Um, So unruly, if you translate it as um, un, or if you try to connect the two, if you're trying to find the hybrid between the two translations, um, I think the term would be undisciplined, right?
1: Okay, I I can see that. So
0: like, there's not so there's lazy, which would also be undisciplined, and then there's unruly, which would be I can't live by a rule. So
1: I can see the lazy and undisciplined. And I can, I guess, I can see what you're saying as well.
0: So that'd be my guess is that it's something akin to that. But I have, um, I have the scripture up in front of me. I just need to find the verse. Let's see, chapter 12. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly. Let's find it. So the word here is stactos. Looks like stactos, and it means disorderly. Out of ranks. Yeah. Back often at- so of soldiers. So that would be undisciplined. Right. Irregular, uh, inordinate, immoderate pleasures deviating from the prescribed order of rule. Yeah. So it, it's something akin to undisciplined. Um, so I can understand why lazy would work.
1: Yeah. Uh, what the note I have here is that it's akin to uh, being out of line. Yeah. A military term. Right. Being out of line. Like when you're in the military, I know we don't have many listeners that have been in the military, but when you're in the military um, and you are on the parade ground, you have to, all all the rows have to be straight. Everybody has to be in step. Everybody has to be doing the same thing. And somebody who is out of step. Or, or you know, for you guys, some of you guys have been in like band, for example, where you uh, had to do like for the parade and stuff like that. Yeah, don't you know, look at me. I if, am
0: not in. No. <laughs> if one person, that's not is, my thing. If
1: one person is out of step, it messes up everything.
0: But yeah, like a like I yeah not parade band, but you know, and playing in a band. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so that's the idea of being unruly. So well, you know, warn those. those oh. warn Sorry, it was it
0: was low. I'm sorry. It's a toctose, not okay, not stactose. Okay,
1: so warn those who are unruly. In other words, tell them to you know buck up and get back in line. You know, um.
0: and I think that it is a fine line too. It's it's easy for somebody to um, be seen as somebody who's trying to cause trouble, and maybe maybe they are just lazy. And either case, they are. Causing trouble.
1: Well, the idea that is here, see, warn warn them. The idea of warning is that you're going to take a personal interest in speaking to them. Yeah, you're going to make them your hobby. Yeah, you're going to you're going to speak to them, and you're going to say, you know, currently what you're doing is out of line. Yeah. Are there issues that we need to discuss? Because this is not acceptable. That's that's really what's being said.
0: It's really interesting, in particular, to today's culture, in regard to that the snowflake culture of, oh yeah you know you can't tell anybody that they're out of line right they're like line what is a line yeah there's
1: no line yeah, i draw my own line what are you talking about yeah yeah uh you know and well and and i'll tell you what from a military standpoint you know one of the biggest issues that um that uh, they have in boot camp for people that are that are this this particular generation right is that when they try to to uh, reshape them in boot camp and they tell them that they they need to hit the deck they need to duck mm. so when you're out in the wild and you're the platoon commander or somebody says hit the deck you you've, you've actually got trainees that stand there and go like what
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fire because, a bullet at them Then yeah, they'll because, know
1: Because You know So then the, the The guy has to tell
0: them You know If you're in the battlefield You're gonna be dead Yeah You know Well it's the same thing as children Like when you tell a child to Get out of the street You shouldn't have to say Why to Your child shouldn't say Why to you That's They're gonna get hit Yeah
1: Yeah exactly
0: And that's the, That's the thing A lot of these people are have, Were never ever formed Yeah it's They're not being reshaped They're being shaped
1: Yeah so
0: that's the idea
1: here. So the encouragement is don't let those people continue. Talk to them.
0: So to be clear, it is biblical to, it's biblical to, to discipline people. And I want to be clear. There's if a difference they between, out of line, yes. well, even if they're in line, you keep them in line, yeah. right? There's a difference between punishment and discipline. You know, yeah. punishment is retribution. It's wrathful. It's like you're trying to get back at somebody. But trying to get people to hold the line is biblical. And when somebody says, you don't get to tell me what the truth is, or I'm in the church and my relationship with God is preeminent, and it's just my relationship with God first, so how dare you tell me what the Scripture says. Uh, The Scripture is how I read it.
1: Well, I I think that a distinction needs to be made that if you're going to encourage people to hold the line, that's an admonition. Yeah. So if you're so if you're encouraging people to toe the line or hold the line, then that comes across as an encouragement.
0: Well, if somebody what steps, does what does encouragement mean?
1: If somebody steps out, well, it's more geared towards um, providing uh, providing incentive. Well, because that, that is that is uh, beneficial. Yeah, too but sometimes the incentive is not going to hell if you step out of line. <laughs> Then it's saying here. Then you have called to
0: I just, warn. I, I want to be careful with encouragement. Be with saying encouragement because it gives a warm and fuzzy feeling.
1: Well, there is kind of a warm and fuzzy feeling. It's, and like, I, and it's, think, a cheer, it's a cheerleader. It's come on. I, well,
0: I, no, no, not always. Admonition. Admonition is directive. The word for admonish is new thesis. It's it's directive. It's it is specifically. It means teaching and correcting and rebuking. Like all of those things are connected to admonition. So when you're admonishing somebody, yes, it is meant to lift them up, but it includes being useful for them. Kind is the English word for for the Greek concept of useful, which sometimes mean that if there is like a like a stain or um something like a hard substance, you have to be abrasive with it. And so admonishment can mean telling somebody you're sinning and you need to change that behavior or you're going to go to hell.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree with that, but I, in my mind... I so see it doesn't that,
0: always make people feel good.
1: Okay, but in my mind, I see an admonishment being a lesser degree of confrontation than uh, to warn.
0: Uh, well, admonishment is warning.
1: I think that there's a, a higher degree when it, you warn.
0: I think that to I can admonish somebody. It's in conjunction here, right? We urge yeah. you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, Right, it's it's in the same it's the same coin.
1: Well, we haven't got encouraged the timid yet. (laughs) I prefer
0: I I prefer the faint-hearted. I like well this
1: this says faint-hearted. I
0: know I know I think the NLT is being kind when it says timid. I think that's a snowflake translation. Yeah, (laughs) I I would even go so far as to say the weak. Those those who
1: are faint-hearted are snowflakes. Well, (laughs) generally.
0: Okay, well, it
1: might surprise you, but we're going to have to close this segment. Oh, we have a minute and twenty <laughs> seconds left. <is> <laughs> and we will pick this discussion back up as we continue to look at these, and we'll talk more about uphold the weak and be patient with all. Um, so let's let's go ahead and close this. Okay, and let's go into our next segment where we're talking about relationships.
0: Oh, there we go. Got some Don Henley up in here. All righty. Relationship. So we've been
1: talking about relationship, and, and so what we established last week as we were talking about this is that one of the, the first of all, relationship is a, is a primary issue for believers. It's a primary issue for mankind, but in particularly uh, it's a primary issue for believers because we understand that we are created beings and that we are created by the handiwork of God. And so we uh, exemplify the characteristics of the God who created us. uh, And so what we discussed last week is the fact that uh, what we see in Scripture, uh, as God identifies himself to us in various ways, we see relationship taking place between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we too uh, are then uh, born out of the idea we were created out of the identity correct. We're created out of the idea, and then subsequently born into the world through through uh, procreation as people of relationship. Yeah, and 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 even our when we're going to talk about this in a different segment. That but our even our being born comes out of relationship. And we're going to talk about that. But what we're going to talk about today is looking at uh, primary relationships now and how it is that we address those uh, from Scripture. And so I want to talk about a primary relationship that is present that we all have to deal with in one form well most have to deal with in one form or another. Um, but, uh, I'm not going to talk about the marriage relationship, uh, but I'm going to talk about the byproduct of the marriage relationship, which is, uh, siblings. Okay. Yeah. And the, the relationships that we have with our siblings. Now I went through scripture and this is, this is probably going to take us more than one week because it's uh, more complex than you would think. I, I went through scripture, um, uh, this morning and looked for inside of scripture any positive sibling An, relationships. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, any, any positive. I've studied this myself. Have you? And the only I could only find maybe one instance where um, where Mary and Martha kind of, kind of. But even then, they had their issues. Didn't they had they? their disagreements. They yeah. had
0: to. Mary had to, or was it Jesus who had to rebuke Martha? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, is it Jesus? Yeah, 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 because
1: Martha was upset with Mary. Martha because...
0: didn't get the point. No, <laughs> so even then, just like all older siblings. Yeah, so, right. Okay,
1: there it comes out. <laughs> so, but even even then, there were issues. But when you go back and you look at the, I can think. Okay, so let's. We've got uh, starting out in the very beginning, Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain and Abel. The very first gold star. Oh man, I mean that you know their relationship was so um, difficult that uh, Cain killed Abel. Yep, and there were consequences because of that. Yeah. So we see the whole. And
0: I want I want to point out that Abel did nothing wrong. No, no. I just want to point this out because I know that in a few people you're going to get to Joseph and you're going to say that Joseph did something wrong.
1: Oh, well, and we'll talk about Joseph, because Joseph, Joseph is a good thing to study from the standpoint that Joseph was forgiving yes. of the treachery
0: of his brothers. Yes, but he also did nothing to deserve the treachery of no, his brothers. He, well, well yep, you, there it is. You, yeah, you, see, I knew it. You and I, Well, you and I
1: have talked about his smug little attitude.
0: Yeah, well, I think people, Cain probably thought that Abel had a smug little attitude <laughs> well, as well.
1: I, I don't know.
0: But, but uh, okay, so we have that. Then we have uh,
1: the the sons of Noah
0: Yeah, had issues. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they
1: had issues. Um, uh, you know, there, there was kind of this one-upsmanship and tattletaling, mm-hmm. and uh, there were
0: consequences for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have... Um, the we curse have, of Ham. Yes. Which, yes. by the way, has nothing to do with the, with the African-American the, slave
1: trade, no. for record. No, no, it's you. You see it played out. If you study it, you see it played out uh, uh, in uh, certain instances, which plague Israel. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So, so uh, we have that, and then uh, we have um, the sons of uh, Abram. Yep, Isaac and Ishmael. Isaac and Ishmael, which which, mean, uh, which, which still still to this day haunt us. Plague today. You
0: could you could maybe also say Abraham and Sarah. That's an interesting one, right?
1: Well, yeah, yes, but but we're not talking about husband and wife yet.
0: Well, but they were kind of Oh, brother they, and sister. They, were, they
1: were well, he put he he presented her several times as his as sister. Being his but sister. that's because
0: in a loose way she was. Uh yeah. Right? She I can't remember how specifically she's related to him, but she is related to I think she's the half sister or the yeah, something yeah. sister. Yeah and Step sister. So,
1: so he was rationalizing to yeah. himself that it was okay to call to him, lie his sister, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> which which almost caused
0: problems. So also times. not a good not, also not a good representation,
1: not a good thing. We have uh, so you
0: yeah, had Isaac and Ishmael. Then you have
1: then you have uh, Jacob, and Jacob Esau. and Esau, and they had a, a very tumultuous relationship. Yes, uh, you know, uh, Jacob stole the birthright yeah I mean basically and and, and uh, they they came though the, the the good thing about that is though maybe to save his own skin but but Jacob did reconcile he yes. did seek forgiveness
0: well and Esau also sought reconciliation also yeah yeah so but when we say Jacob stole the birthright it's not quite true because well he, Esau gave away the birthright foolishly and that's that's what it says in what is it Hebrews yeah <laughs> I, yes, I can't remember where it is, but it says that Esau was like wicked. In the well, way that he there did were things. you know there
1: was some trickery going on there. Even None- without
0: even without the trickery, Esau got rid of those things. You know, nonetheless. Oh, I guess the trickery. You're right. The tri- he did steal that one. So it's not the birthright. It's the because he stole two things. It wasn't just the birthright. It was something else. Uh, the blessing, the birthright, and the well, blessing. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think he stole the blessing. But he was he trade he tricked he or he traded out for the birthright. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, it's um,
1: but there was the whole sibling rivalry thing going on there. Um, I mean, look at the look at the life of David.
0: You're just yeah. gonna skip over to Joseph and all of his brothers and everything well, okay. They
1: did? Well, well, we basically talked about that, but basically speaking, Joseph. Um, was was uh, traded off by his by brothers his brothers. Well, and into they, slavery.
0: Even before Joseph came around, they themselves were terrible to each other and oh, terrible they were with quite, each other. They were and, quite a group. Yeah, they're yeah.
1: <laughs> they're you know, twelve, twelve at one point, thirteen.
0: Yeah, the t- well, the ten brothers before uh, Joseph and Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, they yeah.
1: were they were uh, quite a. Quite a crew. So
0: then you skip ahead, and you've got but, Moses and Aaron, well, and they're terrible, right? And they're
1: terrible. They have issues between the two of them, and then uh, and then uh, David, David's um, David's children. Yep. Uh, particularly where um, the brother of of uh, Dinah, Dinah runs to um,
0: uh, her older brother. Oh, God, now I'm having a break. you I think you're thinking of um, Jacob's children now. No, 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 no. Um, Dinah was uh, raped. Yeah, that you're talking. Yeah, but that's not that's Jacob's children. Dinah was the sister of the of the boys. And then and then Levi and uh, let's see, Simeon and Levi. I want to say they well, they go do the massacre at Shechem. Yeah, we're
1: we're okay. Rose and I talked about this this morning. We were talking about um, the
0: you know the son of of uh, David who. Yes, he uh, he goes after his sister. He well he yeah, but that's not Dinah. He um,
1: but the sister went to. Oh, now I'm having a. a so we've got all these names and people. Anyway, um. This this child rebelled against his father because his Tamar, father,
0: uh, yeah, it it's be, Tamar, it's Tamar, okay, and it's in uh, Second Samuel thirteen. Yeah, so the daughter of David was raped by her brother. Uh, let's see, Amnon, and then Absalom, Absalom, kills him. Amnon. Yes, and it's this whole thing. But then he takes tries to take the throne from David. Dude, David's children are messed up. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, but, but uh, Dinah, she does get raped in Shechem by the Prince of Shechem or the King of Shechem, one of the two. And then her brothers do this whole massacre thing where they invite oh, everyone to the family. D- oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're, you're talking about they that. tell them
0: that the only way they're going to not kill them for raping their sister yes, is if they become be, Jews. Yeah. And, and they then they circumcise? have to circumcise themselves. Oh, and then man. after they're circumcised, they go in and kill them all because they can't move because wow. they've, you know, cut themselves in their no-no places. That's like genius and evil at yeah, the same time. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Barely bad.
1: So we have instances, and these are just a few instances that we pull out from Scripture. I mean, they deserved it, I just where, want to say. But. Where we can, <laughs> yes, but still. Um, where we can see uh, in Scripture that this whole issue of uh, of how siblings interact with each other is, um, is presented in scripture
0: as being difficult, and it goes on and on and on too, yeah. all the way up to Jesus and James. Yeah, right. Jesus' brother, Jesus' siblings, like right. basically they, rejected right, him rejected as him until yeah,
1: yeah. So, so there's there's this whole process where when we look in scripture and we look for some type of a positive uh, relationship between siblings, which is mentioned, it's kind of hard to find. So what do we what do we learn from that? Well, let's back up for a second. So first of all, one of the difficulties that exists with this relationship with siblings is that um, you got no choice. They're your sibling. you know, you hear people you hear people talk about you know they they use the excuse well, that's just family. What can you do? You know Well, there is some truth to that. Now, in some cultures, um, they really make a deal of that, where it's tr- it's instilled for uh, Filipino culture, for example, um, uh, Eastern cultures, like for or, you know, if you go into Italy and some of these other places, they make a big deal of the fact that you know blood, blood yeah. is really thick and is supposed to overcome everything, and so they will overlook the transgressions of a brother or a sister because they are a brother or a sister. Right. Um, but, but it is a, first, so it's a, it's a relationship that you have no control over from the standpoint that for several years, you simply are brothers and sisters. Yeah. And what happens is, is that in most families, um, the, the responsibility to bring up brothers and sisters in such a way that they learn how to play nice is a constant challenge for parents. And, and oftentimes that challenge is as such that by the time that um, brothers and sisters uh, together hit their teenage years, there's already a lot of baggage yeah. which is there. And then you get into the whole thing of how you know, people are born. Were you born first? Are you a middle child? Are you the last child? I mean, yeah, they order. Uh, I, yeah, and that that can become a very difficult thing because um, each child then uh, will have certain baggage attached to their position inside of the relationship that is there. Mm-hmm. So it becomes very difficult because then you have things that uh, you have things that are remembered um, that did or didn't happen. You have, uh, you know, you you have attitudes about, you know, how your parents treated, uh, you were treated by your parents, were you treated evenly, was one favorite over the other, and so that causes some issues, and so um, the, so when you look at the issue of relationship,
0: Oh, wow. Pastor Monty committed a no-no. Not it's, it's. He left his phone on well, it's not my phone. I have the phone of somebody
1: who left their deal here I apologize oh <laughs> I have I have to take it to them
0: you want to just silence it real quick I oh. think it's yeah that's it's it's silenced <laughs> I turned mine off I don't know could producer Jasmine could you guys hear that and, yeah could you guys hear that in the booth or in the control yeah, just just the tiniest bit all right yeah anyway. okay so so I mean so it's really
1: difficult. So as as believers, so, so let's get so we acknowledge that it's difficult, and mm-hmm. that it's not perfect. Yeah, and and part of the part of the um, the the struggle that parents have uh, with dealing with their children as they raise them is making sure is trying to make sure that there isn't this uh, this difficulty that is there to try to help them establish and understand a relationship where they're going to love one another and care for one another. But that within itself is a challenge. Yeah, Because remember, you have to recognize that each child is an individual to themselves. Mm -hmm. And they have different personalities and they they look at things different ways and they have different abilities. And it's a challenge for parents to to bring children up in such a way that... um, that they learn how to establish a productive relationship with their siblings.
0: Yeah, I don't think that it would actually be that hard if they didn't put too much of an emphasis in the wrong place. I think that uh, people learn to cooperate and communicate when they have a common goal. The thing is, is that a lot of times what parents do is they they make the common goal you know inappropriate. So the common goal could be something like um, affection from a finite being. So like, you know, getting your parents' attention. Um, That's a common goal within families is getting your parents' attention. While that adult is finite, they can't infinitely give the same amount of attention to one or the other. So it's bound to fail. So therefore there's going to be competition. Um, It could be the family. But then when you look at the family, the family is an organization that organization is going to need control and eventually one of those kids is going to need to take control of that so then it turns into a competition Um, it could be finances but again finances if you're if you're looking for financial stability and what that is then it it turns into a competition again who is most stable Um, and the list goes on and on so i think that when you have families that are working toward a goal that is larger than themselves, right. and you know they're they're serving a cause or something like that, then they're capable of banding together as a band of brothers, right? right? Um, as as uh, soldiers, and that's why you can have things like, you know, military units where people come together of varying backgrounds, varying types, varying ethnicities, varying whatever, and they can come together and they can become brothers and sisters. And I think that is the that's the biblical model for how the church is built.
1: Yes, and so the so so the first step of this is to recognize that those difficulties are there. Yeah. Then the second step for those who are disciples of Christ is to recognize that that um, we we have before us a higher standard in how it is that we uh, relate to those that are around us, and that includes our siblings. Yes. And so as much as possible, we need to take steps uh, to um, make sure that we have, as much as possible, a productive relationship with uh, our siblings uh, because we're called to do that. So, you know, you can turn to the Old Testament, for example, um, when Jesus was asked about, you know, when Jesus was asked about, you know, what are the most important rules... You know, if you're going to please God, what's the most important of all the commandments? And Jesus said, "Well, you know, love your love your God. Uh, you know, and, and so place God first and love God, and then and then He said, uh, you know, treat others as you would want them to be treated, right? And and that becomes a key then to being able to establish and understand how you can have a productive relationship. With your sibling, because uh, you know one of the things that is difficult in dealing with siblings is is particularly if you have this that uh, they're always wrong. This issue, of <laughs> this issue of self, which is always there, right? And each sibling believes that they're the ones who are always right.
0: Yeah. Well, in, I <laughs> mean, in my defense, I don't believe that I'm always right, but I do believe you that are? everyone else is always wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's that's saying the same thing just a different way. It really way. isn't. It really <laughs> just, isn't. It see one one
0: leaves room for me to be wrong, but the other uh doesn't leave room for me to be wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I
1: I will honestly tell you Josh that you know um we tried I'm joking. I don't
0: hold that position, I but know. I do think they're different from each other.
1: Well, we tried to bring you guys up in such a way that you would um try to be able to have a, a so relationship. So Pastor
0: Monty is referring to uh, referring to the fact that I have two siblings. I'm a middle child. So I have two siblings, an older brother and a younger sister. And it's not easy. And you tried to do what now?
1: Well, we tried to bring you up. You know, we tried to be fair and how we brought you up. And be, be careful that there was room for um, relationship between you.
0: I don't think that you were fair in how you brought us up. You wouldn't. You're a middle child. No, I don't think that you're fair in how you brought us up. I think that that's an unfair standard to place on you. Okay, I'm not sure what to do with that, <laughs> ex- except except to say that I, we- I'm just what I'm saying is I I don't think you need to be fair in how you bring children up, um, and I don't think that you guys were. I think well, that we tried to be biblical in how we brought that. You up. I think is I think that's biblical. Although you got to be careful because there's some <laughs> there's some parenting like when you talk about. How there's bad brothers and sister relationship. Oh yeah. In scripture, there's also bad parenting in regard to brothers and sisters. Like I think of Sarah and the way that she dealt with Isaac and Ishmael. And let's not even get started on uh, is it Rachel? No, it's yeah. not Rachel. Uh. Um. Maybe it is. Ra- who is
1: Leia, it? Leah, Leah and and Rachel. Who? Who? Jacob. Um. Yeah, Jacob. Oh, it is Jacob's mom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's J- terrible. The way that she was. That is terrible. But in any case, um, I don't think that you need to be fair. I think you need to be biblical. And I I don't know that there is fairness because you can't judge people by a universal standard except for, like, biblical morality, right? So everybody needs their own thing. And it would be unfair to provide equal outcomes.
1: And the difficulty with with, uh, raising children— this is why the subject's so broad the difficulty in raising children is that um to a degree uh you're an experiment <laughs> and you know when you you know you've you've seen those commercials you know where yeah. the first child they uh you know they did the, they're very careful and they want to they protect them and then, and then the second child is like eh, whatever
0: yeah no <laughs> there is truth to that by the
1: third child is like you're on your own. <laughs> I don't th-
0: I don't think that they're I don't think that it's so much an experiment. I think it's just you, people aren't perfect and they they get to a place where they're willing to admit their imperfections. Yeah. You know, I but <clears throat> I think that with raising I think that with raising children, it's unfair to try to provide equal outcomes between them. I have no I have no uh well, that would uh, be an impossibility, but the the outcome that
1: we always prayed for and work towards is that you would love the Lord yeah, and that you would uh, develop into the person that God called you to be.
0: And I think that the responsibility of a parent is to enable those two processes, yeah. And then teach a child to adapt so that they can enable those two processes themselves.
1: And besides that, and it's... one of the harder things. So one of the harder things is when you have children then that are different in personality, different in talent, different in how they view things. Oftentimes, it's difficult to get the the siblings to respect um, where their siblings are at in the process. Yeah. And and so, you know, you have one sibling over here who says, you know, uh, well, they, first of all, they always want to give their two cents about, you know, you shouldn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. or <laughs> you know, so, yes. so, you, so you have this thing going on, which those are... when, when Well, you, you have, kids, like, those you have are the incredibly
0: words. smart sibling, and then you just have the really ridiculously dumb sibling.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And then you have... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But my uh, my daughter, my my daughter is the sibling that you're describing right now. The one that's like, you know, just like always, you know, giving fighting words. And yeah. you ask like you say, like, go tell your brother to do this. And she's sometimes she's just downright mean. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think she thinks it. She's just a little smart. She, but she doesn't. She doesn't think that she's being mean. No, no, and I think that's because she hasn't learned what kindness is. She hasn't learned how to be useful. Right. She's learned that she should be useful, but right now, useful is judged on the basis of efficiency. Yeah. But efficiency is not all that there is to usefulness.
1: Yeah. So, so, uh, for okay, so let's get into uh, while we, as we end this particular yeah, we like aspect. Yeah, have a of, couple of minutes. This. Yeah. So. As, as those that are, we allow scripture to govern how we do things. One of the things that in this particular relationship that we need to uh, strive for as parents, what we need to strive for is, is uh, helping uh, our children to understand that each one of them are valuable in the sight of God mm-hmm. and that God has provided for them, each one of them, specific gifts and talents and abilities. Which are likely going to be different than their sibling.
0: Yeah, well, they should be hopefully, and,
1: and that, and that we, and, and so the siblings don't need to feel like they're competing against one right. another, but that they're uh, working towards uh, bringing those things out so that they can be uh, mature individuals as they grow up and be respectful. Uh, of each other in that process
0: well and it's a life skill right i mean it's a life skill it plays itself out in the body of christ um specifically it's how we were it's like the biological family is there so that we can learn to be pro-social and or at least that's a part of it so we can learn to be pro-social in a safe environment blah 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 right so i think what it comes down to is you've got you know a bunch of people who walk through life um not being, not having their premise of self retarded by the, retarded, I mean, slowed down by the, um, by the biological unit, you yes. know? Like the family doesn't take the time to say, uh, excuse me, you do not treat people that way. Right. Like this isn't how you treat your brother and sister. Right. And instead they walk through life wanting to compete with everybody right. because their relationships are basically transactional and convenient and transactional and so when they get into a relationship that matters like marriage or like getting a degree or keeping a job or something like that they won't know how to do that because everything they do is about competition
1: yeah and and so and that's the reason why we're talking about this because because maybe um there may be somebody out there that has not has not thought through this process and understood how foundational this is to um, to how we interact with
0: others. Yeah, yeah, it's super seminal to the way that that we operate, and it's something that people need to understand. And clearly, in scripture, there's a problem. Yeah, like it, scripture very much highlights how there's a problem with um, that particular relationship, which is interesting because it's the uh, primary descriptor for our relationship with each other once we come to Christ.
1: Right. And so likely what we're going to do is we're going to finish up this topic next week, and then we're going to go into how does that translate into our uh, brother-sister relationships in the body of Christ. Because definite, there is a connection. As, as we've stated here, and it's, it's a primary connection and it's something that we need to be aware of. And if we've got issues with our siblings, if we haven't resolved how we deal with those issues, we need to pray that uh, we have some guidance and understanding where God would have it to go with that.
0: Yeah. And, and I just want to say it's, we're not coming at it from a high horse position here. Like, uh, like we're not claiming to be on any sort of pedestal. Like I make those jokes about <laughs> about siblings being just remarkably dumb uh because I understand that struggle. Yeah. I'm not yeah. claiming to have that figured out. In fact, it's like a constant work. Um I'm thankful that it's more figured out than it was when I was younger, but like in my relationship with my siblings, I think it's better than it was when I was younger, but um but I well, it's a necessary thing to talk about. Um, and the reason why I think both pastor Monty and I feel like it's worthwhile to talk about is because we both understand the burden of it.
1: Yes. And, 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 and also that it is a, that it is a process that is part of our, um, maturation process, um, in relationship, but also as believers, it's a part of a process. So again, this isn't a light switch type of thing. But sometimes these issues which are, as we said, uh, seminal, they're, they're primary. These issues may take years to resolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to keep at it, approaching it from a biblical standpoint and uh, seeking that God be glorified because that is now our desire. Not to lift up self, but to glorify God through how it is that we interact uh, with those that are so close to us,
0: if you're uh, a parent and you're like looking at how to define, you know, your relationship with your child, um, I'll just my personal advice to this, and I tell this to my kids, is like, uh, what because they like to vie for attention, right? And I yeah. tell them like, you know, instead of saying like you're my favorite child or whatever, like I'll say like to my son, I'll say Joseph, you're my favorite Joseph Jude McGarry. Yeah, there you go. Because I want him to know that he has my affection, but that it's specific. It's specific to him. And I'm going to treat him differently than I treat his sister because they're not the same, and I'm not going to give them equal outcomes. I'm going to give them equal opportunities, but not equal outcomes.
1: Yeah, I I tell my daughter that uh, that she's my favorite girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but she's the only girl.
0: Right. <laughs> well, for me, it's it's particularly difficult because my children have grown up in an environment where i raise other people's kids yes so it's like how do they how do fit into that yeah yeah.
1: okay we're going to close this segment for today and we'll pick it up next week let's go into what's what's up with
0: that what animal story you got for us this week well, uh, no animal stories. Okay. Um, uh,
1: okay. So, so uh, here's one that I really, for me at least, it's a what's up with that? Because I just, I just don't get it. This guy,
0: um, do you have any, do you have cufflinks? No. Have you ever used cufflinks? <laughs> yeah, I, at weddings or whatever.
1: I think they're the most ridiculous. They come rented with my tux. I think they're the most ridiculous accessory. I never could understand. Cufflings, yeah this guy set a world record a guinness book world record he has a thousand nine hundred and twenty
0: five sets of cufflings. okay i mean that's really i guess my question is what do you do with that? what was the previous number
1: i don't know i don't know but what do you do with that
0: i mean I they're mean, small that's a whole you know like i have a funko pop wall Wow, I have a Funko Pop wall that's got like I I can't remember the number, but it's probably like fifty or sixty Funko pops on it. I don't
1: own one set of
0: cufflinks, and I imagine that all nine hundred and twenty-seven or twenty-eight cufflinks could fit on that on that wall. You know
1: what, I'm, I, you I, know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's if if he's got a whole wall, or I mean, but but you know, at some point he just maybe he's got a thing about cufflinks. You know, collectors sometimes they just have things about what they collect. Yeah. I really like cufflinks. All right. Good for you. Okay, so for me, that's what's up with that. That's hey. your what's
0: up with that? Yeah. <laughs> how dare this man collect something? <laughs>
1: hey, you know you know how difficult it is, particularly when... Uh, if any of you have been out trying to drive around in this uh, this snow
0: and ice... Oh, and yeah, here in you? Portland, Oregon, we, we're experiencing a snow ice... Oh storm? man, yeah, yeah, definitely a
1: storm. We but did. It's not short, right.
0: short-lived. Yeah, it's just a, a like four days.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we. It's normally called the event. In this case, is normally called a silver thaw, okay. because what you have is you have snow, where you have ice, and the freezing rain. Yeah, and then you have snow on top of that, and then, and then, and then you, you have, have freezing rain again. We call it an ice lasagna. It's very, very dangerous. Yeah, um, but what do you do when you're trying to find a place to park? See, this is a difficult thing. Okay. Well, in Chicago, they have the same type of problem. Except that happens all the time. Happens all the time there. And this young man, so he dug a place out for, to, for him to park his car. Right. And then what do you do? You get a friend of yours to save it for you? Or, you know, how do you, so that somebody doesn't take the spot right. that you cleared? Well, what this guy did is that he uh, he froze a pair of his pants And then stood his pants up, right in the parking spot. Yeah, so that nobody would take his parking spot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah. So there's, so there's a set of jeans, (laughs) which are frozen, which are standing as a marker in the parking lot.
0: I like that. Saying
1: don't take it. He said his next project is to figure out how to freeze a shirt, so that he could have the pants and shirt right frozen like you know posing you like a long sleeve shirt pose it
0: i guess it depends on how long it takes to freeze <laughs> well in chicago it's it's cold Quick, right i would think it'd be pretty quick it's, and cold. If it's a thin layer of ice then it would be simple i think you just velcro them together and and then wet them down and then stand them up
1: yeah it'll be interesting uh, that's his next project anyway um, that's how
0: you do it okay um we'll get this message to him
1: yeah now you know there's there's uh, so my last what's up with that which is really kind of interesting um if you're familiar with california you know when you go into the la area there's the hollywood sign yeah you know over the years a lot of people have messed with the hollywood sign yeah it was originally hollywood land right right recently recently in la six people were arrested because they changed the Hollywood sign to, to Holly Boob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holly Boob? <laughs>
1: Holly Boob. <laughs>
0: How long did it last?
1: Yeah. Uh, not very. They took it down within, you know, uh, a couple hours. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, they... <laughs> And, are, and they got caught. Some, six <laughs> people were, uh, they were had, arrested for, for that. So
0: they had to change. They had to change the W and the D.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Like they put up a different W. Yeah, they and put, a put d? up a D yeah, yeah. Huh?
1: And that's not a small sign,
0: right? No, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So they so, so that's a real operation. It, yeah, so I imagine w- when those people are in their jail cell, they are heroes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, what did you get arrested for? <laughs> oh, you're the Hollywood people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah, they, exactly, like exactly. it's a petty crime, right? And I imagine that it's like, because vandalism, vandalism's considered, I assume that's what it would be vandalism. I don't think it's yes. trespassing.
1: Well, it is trespassing.
0: Well, but that land, you can like hike on that land.
1: So yeah, you can up hike up there by, but I think that it is trespassing if you go. Maybe you, to just go on to the sign, the sign. If you mess with the sign, because where it's you know.
0: Dude, there's so many other things you could do with that sign. I, it's that's funny.
1: See what I see. I'm thinking, you know, you you're you're right, Josh. There's what if if they're in jail? How are they explaining themselves? Uh, for those of you who wonder about these things, uh, listen to uh, Arlo Arlo Guthrie's uh, Alice's Restaurant.
0: I will not. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Arlo, Arlo Guthrie, this is the longest, it's the longest recorded ballad in history. It goes for like 20 minutes, 18 minutes or mm-hmm. 20 minutes. And he's talking about the fact that he was put into jail amongst the rapists and murderers, murderers and whatever mm-hmm. for, uh, for throwing garbage.
0: Hmm. I would also recommend Albuquerque by Weird Al. Okay. <laughs> along,
1: along the same lines. There are some great albums out there. It's, about, it's all uh, about how
0: he doesn't like sauerkraut. There you go. And and who does, really? My wife, who's a certified nutritionist, will tell you that sauerkraut is very good for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I understand that Germans have an affinity for it.
1: Uh, Germans like it with their, with their sausages. Yes. Yes,
0: but there's some foods that
1: you, you have to grow on you. Yeah. Okay, we're going to close up today. It's, uh, and uh, got about three minutes left, so we'll go and wrap so up. We'll go wrap up.
0: Okay. Well, if you're someone who is seeking answers, you want to know more about your faith, or you're new to Jesus Christ in the Bible, check out the Help tab at abfpdx.org. Um, the Truth Time with Pastor Monty podcast is a resource of the Bible Fellowship of Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's a member of the Vigilance Radio Network. Uh, it's our online ministry there where we provide helpful and interesting resources for the church local and at large, and we have a lot of different shows on that. If you're one of those who's enjoyed this service, remember to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. And remember, you can find it on the YouTube page, uh, our Facebook, everything like that. So, yep, the producer Jasmine just put up the nag screen, shows you some of our stuff going on. Specifically, remember to check out uh, uh, Culture Insanity, which just aired last week with its first episode of uh, the season. Check out Scribe. I think on Saturday we're going to air the uh, intro to the book of James or possibly James 1.1. Um, I'm not sure. And then uh, this Thursday night, this Thursday night at 9.30, uh, we are going to do a live broadcast of The Nightlight. Uh, Nightlight Radio specifically is going to be going on air, talking about something that is kind of a big deal um, in Christianity, uh, the topic of depression and Mm. how Mm. it is that we deal with depression, specifically in this pandemic era, era, but then also in a world that doesn't really have an up and down, that doesn't make sense of things. Uh, Depression is a huge thing, even amongst Christians. So we are going to be talking about that at 9.30, from 9.30 to 10.30 on thursday night this week live uh, on the uh on the internet and if you have uh questions you want to reach out you want us to go in a certain direction please send us a message uh you can do that on the nightlight page you can even send it to truth time we'll find it you can also send us a message at uh send the message to counseling at abfpdx.org so take a second to do that. Uh, share, those, um, share those shows and anything else and this show in particular. Um, and make sure that you uh, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date whenever we share new content each week. And remember that that content is shared every Tuesday at 11 a.m. for Truth Time. I am Pastor Josh, senior pastor over here at ABF, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Monte. Pastor Monti. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.